Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Friendship Snake Podcast. I am your host, Wade Mariano, and I'm joined as always by Trace Finicaro and Ernest Boagnine. Very nice. We also have very, very special guests. Um, I've got a long list here, and I'm probably going to miss some things because that's what I do. He is a radio personality, a, Syrac- a Syracuse radio personality uh, since the late 90s. He is a character in a book currently being written. Um, he's a podcast ho- podcast host, um, and he's the lead singer of the band Dark Room. And he's actually got an IMDb, IMDb credit, which I just learned uh, several minutes ago. Everyone, welcome Steve Brody Kratz. Steve, how you doing? Hello. Hello, gentlemen. So good to be here. Thank you for having me. Hey, Brody. That is, on, uh, that's the last time I'm going to call you Steve. It's Brody from, from here on out. I'm so <laughs> used to that at this point. That's <laughs> usually what I am kind of prefer at this point. I even had people at my real nine to five job who know nothing about my past calling me that. So I'm really, well, they got to know a little bit. They don't know too much. I don't let too much out. (laughs) It's bad when human resources gets confused. And they write, (laughs) that's like the pinnacle, especially in a multi-billion dollar corporate America. Absolutely. (laughs) Does HR know you as Brody? Cause then you may have problems. No, but my recruiter, when I first started there, did because she actually saw me play with the man. So nice, nice. So, Brody, you are a Canastota alum, like all of us, unfortunately. Um, and I think <laughs> after you graduated, and the 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 mo the no the time I think I recognized you after you had graduated, of course, was hearing you on the radio at k-rock um 100.9 in syracuse new york which if nobody knows like that was the first um i could be wrong here and brody you'll correct me if i am wrong 100.9 was the first kind of like modern rock station i know like 95x might be older but i feel like in the late mid to late 90s k-rock was like they played all the newer stuff like all the alternative and and grunge and things like that no, you're absolutely right, because what happened is it was back in 1994 when they went from solid rock to modern rock, and they started playing modern rock from that point forward. Um, they were actually, they got in trouble for a couple things they did, actually, in that regard. Um, they they got a cease and desist letter from Pearl Jam for playing the Yield album without permission. Uh <laughs> They were actually the first station in the United States to play How You Remind Me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. The, the Canadian scourge that is Nickelback. Am I but right? We did, that- <laughs> yeah, you're right. But we did introduce Eve Six. We did introduce the okay. Toadies, uh, Poe, Fountains Dude, of po, Wayne, love things of po. that nature. So. Love Poe. Yeah, Poe so po, po got hosed hard. What do you mean? The the rec- that her record label just completely totally fucked her and yeah, yeah they did. Her career. Yeah, they did. And the sec and the second record, Haunted, was actually I think better than the first record. I will I would agree. Arguably, Our, I would die. I I I'm fifty fifty on that. I don't know, man. Hello was such I, a good fucking album. I just remember at the night the first K Rockathon, she was playing and she just stopped in the middle of her set and actually says. 
if someone finds my slip, can you please return it to the backstage area? Nice. I just remember that. I'm like, okay, then. <laughs> That's God. K Rockathon used to be such a great fucking thing. So speaking of K Rock and the K Rockathon, now you mentioned um, uh, 94, you know, like the, the, the grunge movement, and they actually got a cease and desist to stop playing one of the most popular bands at that time, uh, Pearl Jam. Yep. Uh, now, of course, you look at K-Rock now, and they're they're owned by a much bigger uh, radio company. Has it same always company. been that way? It's, is that same the same company. company that owned them back then? Yeah. Galaxy so, Communications has owned them the entire time. So, But Galaxy Communications is a relatively large radio um, It ha- uh, station, It has right? become... Okay. When it first started, it was K Rock, TK99, and WTLB out of Utica. Okay. Then they then they acquired the nine, the 100.9 signal. Uh, along the way, they acquired um, Rock 107. They had 96.9 WOUR for a little while. Uh, that's when the owner branched out into Galaxy Events, and he started doing like. Taste of Syracuse and the Wine and Chocolate Festival and all that kind of stuff. But oh. then he had to divest a lot of that due to FCC regulations. Okay, so so explain to us, um, as, as, as someone who owns multiple radio stations at the time, Galaxy, uh, was it just Galaxy Radio back then? Was it always Galaxy Communications? It was always been Galaxy Communications. So Galaxy Communications, they own several radio stations. And how do they... How how do they mess up and play Pearl Jam without without the proper rights? Was it that Pearl Jam wasn't with a, a record label that they were doing business with at the time, or was it just an oversight, or was well, was it thrown out because they had permission? What it was, they had they had um, Pearl Jam the Pearl Jam's label label had sent out pre releases of the Yield record, and. They'd made this mistake of playing the entire record. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's so pretty much all you have had, to say. <laughs> you guys had permission to play it. You just didn't have permission to play as much of it as you did. Yep, exactly. They got through Given the Fly. No, was it Given the Fly? No, it was, um, yeah, Given the Fly, and they played Do the Evolution. And at that point, they started getting phone calls. Now, how does that <laughs> word get backed? Was... How, how does that make it back? Like, how does the record label find out? Um, is there just a couple of people that just listen to the radio and just wait for an infringement to occur? Um, I, wouldn't be sur- I wouldn't be surprised. I honestly never found out the reason. I wasn't really privy to that, but <laughs> I, well, I, I, know, I also wasn't the one who played it. So it, it could have been this. It was you. It was you that did it. No, it wasn't me. Oh, it wasn't if, you? Um, if, it, if it was me, I would take pride in that. It could have been the <laughs> sneaker net, right? Because back then, before the internet, everything had to be moved around by your own sneakers, which means that if you really wanted to keep a song for eternity, or at least as long as magnetic storage would hold up, you would just pop a cassette in and hit record, and you'd record it directly off of the radio, which an audio file now will tell you that's terrible because the radio isn't CD quality, at least not that version of the radio is CD quality. And then your tape is not CD quality. Of course, back in the 90s, people weren't really too concerned about CDs just yet. They were about ready to get obsessed with CDs. But then you had it, right? So you had the album. So maybe 
it could have been the sneaker net that caught up with it. It could have been actually like, like word of mouth, like, Hey, I have a copy of this. Um, because I remember that exact same thing happening. I believe as it was around that era, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Wade, but the, uh, the bone thugs in harmony. Um, I remember people copying those tapes and everyone had a copy. Like there was one master copy and then everyone was making the copies. So uh, maybe the sneaker net blew them in. Yeah, 90, 95, 96, 97, Bone Thug was kind of and it's when it started really hitting and reached like its pinnacle too. It was a really it shot right up and then it just fell right down. I believe that was actually <laughs> East nineteen ninety nine Eternal, wasn't it? Yep, that was that was it. That was the that record had like two or three radio hits and the whole album was actually pretty decent. Um, that was the Thug- one that uh, Easy E like Thuggish, Ruggish Bone was on that. I think uh, uh, first of the month BN. was on that. First month was on that. I think Crossroads was on that. Crossroads might have been on that. Honestly, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think all those songs that was they had like three or four hits on there, and even like the B's, not the B sides, but the ones that didn't make the radio, they're all pretty solid like rap tracks. They're all pretty well done. But that's because they had Easy E as like their producer, obviously before he tragically passed away. Um, he had a lot of connections. All the music was really, really well produced in that album. Uh, you don't find like a lot of like, I think Bone Thugs at the not that I definitely don't want to get on a Bone Thugs and Harmony fucking discussion, <laughs> but like I think they will probably, you know, in the annals of of hip hop, they're just not even really a blip. You know what I mean? But they had a that album was really, really solid. Agreed. Agreed. Um. So Brody, when did you know? that you wanted to get into radio media, things like that, like with the music, like when, when did you kind of, what, what was that moment like when you realized you wanted to do it? Well, that was 1995. I had, I had originally wanted to go to college for meteorology actually. Okay. And I went to St. John Fisher and I started working at the, at the newspaper at school. And along that time, and it was because I wanted to write doing communications as a his as a major as it turned out and i decided to go to the newspaper at that point there was an opening at the radio station i did a show and i was like yep this is it this is what i want change right at that once i cracked the mic for the first time that's that's when it all changed now how did so you 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 go to you go to school you get out how do you get Make, how do you get involved with k-rock like how do you get involved with your first gig honestly woodstock 99 you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. because i had gone to the show and i had met um i had met rain man actually okay at the show and um now not gonna lie didn't finish school <laughs> i went <laughs> but you know but in the time I was at school, I had been the our radio station's program director, our sports director, our play-by-play guy. I had five different shifts on the station. I was a sports director and managing editor of the newspaper, so I'd already had experience. And I would, and I had also worked at the United Dispatch at that point when okay. I got out. And I met Chris. I'm sorry, Rain, <coughs> at um, Woodstock, and I was like, well, you know. I'd love to get in. Are you guys hiring? I'd like to get, I'd like to try to do it for a living. He goes, come on down to the station. We'll do an interview. I went down to the station two weeks later and I was training with him the next day. It was really that easy. 
I mean, and how did you how did you like it, and how did you get away from it? Essentially, I got in trouble. That's how I got away from it. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I got in trouble, so that's how I got away. But um, I so mean, how, how did you like it? And then after that, tell us what you did wrong. Um, <laughs> if you can, by... the prosecution is still pending. <laughs> you know, in all honesty, there is something I can't talk about legally, but. <laughs> Fair that's enough. actually that's actually not a lie <laughs> um, does, no does it, i mean does it involve a boat being at the bottom of a body of water that that it shouldn't be no but it does mention it does involve um september 11th 2001 okay Ooh, really mm-hmm. and we're just gonna go ahead and leave it at that fair enough <laughs> yep we'll leave it at that but no, I mean, in that time I had done at the station, I loved it. I started on overnights. Uh, I worked with Scorch in the mornings. I worked with Gomez and Dave as an intern for them. I worked with Big Mike on, on the Adult Standard Station, Sunny 102 at the time. I board opt every weekend. Uh, I worked whatever, whenever they needed me to. Mm-hmm. I did events. I did of events i did uh, just everything i'm <laughs> just literally everything so so you can't talk at all about about why you left or is there just one item that you couldn't talk about uh i, I did a couple things on there which i'm still you know paying for so <laughs> really so this is are we talking like a blacklisting event yes it was holy do you shit have to fake, do you have to fake do you have to fake your own death and create a new identity to return to your true calling like like uh you know peter parker the ben riley thing no but i did actually have to submit a written apology in the newspaper oh <laughs> yeah so okay. I, I mean that sucks do you, dude do you feel do you feel you deserved it yes Absolutely. Oh, okay. Wow. Absolutely, I did. I regret what I did, and, you know, it took me long enough to get back into the business, and by the grace sure. of whatever, I'm back in, albeit not in the same capacity, but I'm back in, and that's, you know, I count my blessings for that. So, you say the same capacity. I think that's an interesting way to put it, because, I mean, back in the 90s, radio was different. K Rock exactly. was different. Yeah, well, K Rock yeah, was mean, different two years ago. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. <laughs> so K Rock, K Rock as as a radio station, as a specific example of a radio okay. station, has changed. But I think that's just a sign of the times, right? I mean, that's like saying that ninety five X is different. It is. They play music that's a little bit, a little bit more on the classic side. That's what they do. And if K Rock is to play stuff that's a little bit more on the modern side, they have a tough selection in today's day and age, right? Because I rock isn't as popular as it was in the nineties, which means people, first of all, may not want to be listening to it. And even if they do, they may not want to be listening to new versions of it. So, um, but then on top of all of that, people consume music differently than they did in the Mm -hmm. nineties. Exactly. So when you say not in the same capacity, um, I'm sure there's some, there's some subcontext there about, about the fact, you know, where you were at that point in your career. But I think there's also some subcontext about what radio is in, in 2021. And you're, you're absolutely right on that. Uh, now I will say though, I think you're in regards to one thing you said, 
Uh, I don't think that I don't think that stations like K Rock and 95X have it hard. I think classic rock stations like TK99 have it hard. Really? And the, and the reason why I say that is the stuff we grew up with. Pearl Jam, for example. Is on 95? No, they're on TK now. Oh. Because you have really? to. Well, to be qualified as classic rock, a band has to release an album 25 years. Yep. And per, and ten was released in nineteen ninety four. Holy shit! Yeah, no, no, Eddie, that, no, that, that, yeah, that makes sense. Eddie Vedder just celebrated his fifty sixth birthday not too long ago. Dude, that's crazy. And now, and then you have, but you have stations like that are dealing with all that influx of that music, Alice right. in Chains, Soundgarden, and Pearl the demographic Jam. doesn't necessarily so, want to listen to it. Exactly. They still want to hear the Beatles and they want to hear the monkeys and things of that nature. All that stuff's being moved to adult all that stuff's being moved to adult standards now. It's harder to find. Uh, well, and I, I kind of as a follow-up to this, because this was one of the things I had to like, you know, my I don't know if how, how many of us have to do uh tech support for our parents and stuff like that, but for Christmas this year, I got my mother a Pandora subscription. And she has not turned down the radio in probably three right. months since then, right? Because yeah, it's just a, it's a it's a better it's a better you know like for and she's listening to that music better quality it's a better experience it's a better experience for her yep. on Pandora than because you know she's curating it herself. I, I gotta say, there's something to be said for Pandora. Um, I think my musical. I'm not. I don't expose myself, and this is sad because I I'm more of a Spotify guy. I build my playlist, and that's what I want to listen to. So there's really and don't get me wrong. After you listen through the playlist, like Spotify will suggest other tracks and whatnot. But Pandora, I feel for some whatever reason, does a significantly better job at like leading you down like rabbit holes. Yeah. Um. And I, I, uh, it's sad. But as far as rock in general, and Brody, you you would be able to. Um, I think you'd probably be able to speak to it better than I am. I feel like the only rock now, new rock that's coming out, is like that kind of like folky, like sing song, like hey, like every like at every refrain or chorus, like oh come I on, the Lumineers aren't that bad. I, I, it's not my thing. That's all. <laughs> it's not my thing. It's <laughs> it's for me. It's too. It's just too soft. I don't. You're I, you're getting a lot more emo and indie music. More of the things where it's it's less about instrumentation; it's more about what they perceive as the songwriting process. It it it, it feels it feels like muse if performed by pool noodles. <laughs> that's good. You know, that's a guy like that reference. <laughs> so so last week, um, we, we had an interesting question, and it was uh, it was a Metallica a Metallica versus versus Megadeth question, and of course, I'm like, no. Because I would rather, unpopular opinion, especially talking to someone who spent a significant amount of his career as a uh, as a rock DJ, um, I, I don't like I don't have this craving for metal. I just don't. I mean, at the time, I loved it, but um, yeah, I would rather hear the Lumineers. Today's metal isn't metal. Yeah, <laughs> today's yeah. metal is not like what metal was. Today's metal is more. 
we're just going to make obnoxious noises and make statements which don't really say anything. <laughs> I still love Mastodon. Now you're, just, now you're just describing <laughs> Imagine Dragons. Oh. No, actually, no. I'm, I actually describing Five Finger Death Punch. But yeah. oh god, it's like <laughs> or, there's always Five Finger Death Punch. This is the Five Finger Death Punch fan. It's like, uh, it's some like, it's some like overweight guy that has anger issues, <laughs> but like doesn't get it out of his own way to like maybe maybe like reconcile those. It's, and he, it's like he doesn't want to look like he's too insecure to like ever like like even like you know emos for pussies, but he's, <laughs> but he, I, I feel like a lot of guys that like think that they're in like a motorcycle gang, like a real Sons of Anarchy gang, are like five finger death punch fans, or as I, I call I, them, five finger donkey punch. But <laughs> I really, I really am waiting. Because you know, in the, in the time that we live in, I really am waiting for somebody to actually perform as rage for the machine instead of rage against. <laughs> they all are like it, it's 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 almost like a bandpass filter function. Like you know, like '90s K Rock was cool because it was effectively it was like it was this weird bastard gland like gland disorder affected version of a college radio station. It felt like that's exactly what it was right down and, to the people who work there. And it's just like, there's no, there's no, you know, even now like pop, you know, like, because that, that, that kind of discovery, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that's, that's what made it, that's what made it an interesting station. Yeah. And now there's no, there's nothing like that. There's no replacement. Like even like you know, there's no YouTube. You, you can't do it this on is, YouTube because this is how I the feel music about licensing the, thing is so fucked up now. You can't do it on Facebook now because they'll just pull it. So yeah, this is how I feel, and, and this is a different genre, but I feel like it had a similar breakout, like 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 the um like the alternative rock from the '90s. Um, this is how I feel like the SoundCloud rappers grew to fame. It's, it's gonna uh, be. Awesome. I, I know, I know. People uh, don't like the music specifically. But if you think about it, and of course they didn't have the exact same musical talents, and they weren't necessarily even singing. But I would actually f- go ahead, keep going. I'm sorry. With the fact that the fact that they rose, they rose to fame from a very, very small niche community, and then they were like household names. I feel like it's it's the closest that I can remember a, a music movement like that just kind of taking over a platform. And what's crazy is they all left SoundCloud. Like, it's not like SoundCloud is still a good place for finding that stuff. Um, it's, it was kind of like an incubator for a small amount of them. And, and, and it, it only was allowed to raise those ones up. And now there isn't really a place for that anymore. Like there's, I'm glad you bring up the SoundCloud rapper, but it's just, there, I don't know if there's a genre that's as popular right now that I'm See, so- Shanty. That I'm so sad for because it's, it's just, it's awful. Like there's no one writes anymore. Like it's, there are a few, like Chance the Rapper can write and Two Chains kind of write some funny lyrics and stuff that are kind of witty as well. You you have, you have to be part of something else to find it. You know, like, you know, you know, like, cause we kind of talked about this last week with Epic Rap Battles, but if you go into some of the, like the actual, not, not the pop nerd core, but like you know, like you scramble around. Like there, there are, there are like 
get traction it's almost you have to be part of something else and and sadly that's the truth because literally the greatest lyricist of this coming like this generation not our generation but the next generation died last week or maybe it was two weeks ago and there's there's been it was a blip on the fucking new on the media reel which one are you referring to Who are you referring to, Wade? Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Good fucking morning. blanking on the name. Here we go. Because <laughs> he's not it, my generation. It wasn't MF oh, no, I'm Doom, talking was to MF Doom. Yeah, I'm talking oh, about yeah. MF Doom. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it, I, his, thought, his, I thought he was a good lyricist. You think he was the best? I, I, I think a lot of rap. Of this coming generation? Yeah. I, I think a lot of rap that is that has very, very good, well-written lyrics, I think a lot of it... Um, just doesn't have the market like it used to. People just don't want to hear it. For some strange reason, like we were the generation that was okay with making Weird Al a platinum artist. I don't know if there'll be another one. I, I, I think what's happened is, is, is there was no Weird Al. Weird Al came along and there couldn't be more than one. But now anyone can be like Gunner's talking about like the rap battles. Um, I've been watching this trend with Minecraft songs, and this is fucking this just insane. Um, Minecraft alone, there's a lot of these um, where the the videos for these some of them are originals and some of them are cov- are, are covers. They have they're in the hundreds of millions of plays. On a song, and the only thing it's about is a fucking block game. Yeah, but it's it's like fucking you know it's kids that are doing that. You know what I mean? It's kids on it's, YouTube, I assume. It's now, professional also, producers doing this. It is professional producers doing this. They have they have like like very good three D animators putting together the scenes. You can't tell when you watch. You're like, oh, it's just a block game. But if you played the game and then went and watched the video, it'd be like, yeah, no, that's not the game. They actually reconstructed this entire thing. They role played this. They had a. They actually had screenplays on a music video, and the talent. It's 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 weird because the talent is just is just going in all these different directions, and the places that people end up consuming it like is the last place that you would think. Um, have you guys Have you guys heard any of the music from that um, like eight bit style game called Undertale? Yep. Yeah, I have. I wouldn't recognize it, but I'm sure I've probably heard it. Hundreds of millions of plays, and it is chiptune music. Like the equivalent of like a Mario one track. Well, well that's well, that's like a friend of mine who I who I do know in this in this area who actually is a video game designer and he made an entire eight bit game. He said the most fun he had was making the music for it. Just because it was different music than what he does. And he could make it in minute and a half to two minute segments, which is just short attention span enough where people are going to listen to it in mass. So he, is it just our fucking, is that the secret or are, is, well, is no, it our I, shortening uh, attention spans? It's kind of, it's, you know, like again, to, to get like, I've, I've made it kind of funny. Be, I, I thought it was kind of funny because most pop songs that I was hearing, I wasn't hearing them in the context of like being on the radio. It was in a, it was the background music for a video of something else. Or you see them on TikTok, like, one of the two. Yeah, no, it's going to be TikTok. Yeah, it's going to be TikTok or whatever yeah. TikTok gets replaced with. It's going to have to be a funny meme, and then people are going to be like, whatever. Yeah, to, I hear. To track it back down. I used to hear from my oldest. 
that song is from TikTok, which it never is. There, there's a few originals from TikTok, but the vast majority of them existed long before TikTok Harley. did. And my, my oldest would say, that's from TikTok. Now my wife says it. Harlem Shake. She says, oh, that's from TikTok. And I'm like, eh, you're old enough to know that they're not from TikTok. It's, it's an easy way to describe how you found out about it, but it's not from TikTok. Um, but yeah, it's like... Um, it, it, it's like a feedback loop, right? So, so we grow up and in, in, and we see these bands that, that rise to success and we say, you know what? I want to be that band. But what, what, what's happening now is it's not, it, it, it's not just bands that are rising to success, right? Some people are simply getting in front of a camera and they're mm -hmm. just making fun of, I can't tell you the amount of hours I've watched people making fun of TikTokers. I don't even have TikTok. But I really enjoy watching them get made fun of. I think it's fantastic entertainment because these guys only pick out the ones that I would have hated anyway. Completely. That's ridiculous. when they're not doing. Well, that's when they're not doing sea shanties right now, as Gunnar <laughs> said earlier. So Brody, you've been involved with the music scene in, in the Syracuse area. And I think you actually were out in Albany for a little while too. Am I wrong on that? Uh, for six years, yes. Yeah. So, the New York, up. It's not upstate. That's fucking sacrilege. The, re the, re the regional music scene. Yes, the regional music <laughs> scene. Like, what do you talk about? Like, the differences and the changes you've seen. Are there any good changes? And honestly, like with COVID and stuff, and I mean, you play in a band too, so it's kind of like, I, I talk about the changes. Are there any good changes in your opinion? Um. And like, you know, obviously the shitty changes as well. Like has there been a degradation or, or is there some hope for the music scene in New York? Uh, let's see. That's a loaded question. Cause I, I like can to, actually, I like cause, I can, cause I can actually say that it's not just the music scene here. One of the degradation, one of the, um, the problems with music in general is that people don't know how to, you said it yourself, people don't know how to write anymore. They really don't know how to write. We're now in the generation where when was the last time someone actually released a full album you could listen to front to back? I don't I don't know, to be honest with you. I don't I don't remember the last time. But okay. So when was the last time you had your favorite artist release a single that got played? Oh no, like my I, my favorite band is not like a it's, I'm not like, oh, I like them because nobody likes them. My favorite band is Co Coheed and Cambria, which is, you know, they're... they're. A, I love Coheed. Yeah, like, but, like, they haven't released a single that, like... I know the singles they've released that have been on YouTube and got a lot of views, but as far as played on the radio, no, I mean, years. But, but what I'm saying is there are musicians now don't write albums. They write right. single to single to single. But they write one song at a time. Well, you no know, one knows how to write an album. And that's that short attention span thing we were talking about earlier. People won't but, sit and listen to an album, but they'll listen to a four minute song. Well, you know, but that's also you're you're looking to get you're unfortunately looking to get your music picked up in something else now, too. Right. I mean, it's that's it's true. The same, it's the same problem that comic books or like, you know, books in general have. It's, it's see, you know, this is where this is where I have to stop and say, maybe the album. Is just is a sign of those times. An anomaly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The fact that 
with the sneaker net, you needed to be able to transfer as much as you could at once because you didn't know the next time you were going to see that person. So if you go to a record store and you buy a single fucking song, fuck that record store, burn it to the ground. What did you just do to my life? I just mm-hmm. spent more time picking out the CD than I did actually playing the album because there was one song on it. Yeah, maybe there was three different versions of the single. And don't get me wrong, we've all bought singles. <laughs> but to me, it's more of a it's it's just it's just like an artifact if, that if, if, we used to yep. do an album at a time because we kind of had to. Because if when somebody walked out with that record, that tape, or that CD, you wanted to have more than one track on it. What if you buy an album just for one song? I've done that. We've all done I've that. Definitely, I think yeah. we're old enough that everyone has done that on this on this uh on this podcast. Yeah, I mean I bought the Chumbawamba C D. Just for terrible Tub that was? Yeah, just for Tub Thumping. You know how terrible that album was? <laughs> it's really like I thought every song was just gonna be another another tub thumping. So you're you're saying that you got knocked down and you did not get back up again. No, you don't get that back up again. Song after gets that back up again, dude. That and it took him a whiskey drink, a, a liquor drink, a vodka drink, and everything to get him back up. Cider drink. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. A cider drink you know the, there, too. You know the girl that sings the Danny Boy part? You know that, like, yes. high-pitched voice? Kissing she sings away, 90% of every other track. Really? Really? Yeah. So, so you start playing them, and she just starts singing, and you're like, no. No, I want the vodka drink. Like, it, it, yeah, it's it's... See, that's sing-song chorus that I can get behind. (laughs) Not this fucking... Do you listen to the words I say? Hey, you remember the Squirrel Nut Dippers? (laughs) I I love the Squirrel Nut Dippers. Zoot Suit Riot? Right? Was that... No, you're thinking of Hell. Hell was on that album. In the Afterlife. Oh, in the Afterlife. The song song Hell, and they also had another song Put a Lid on it, which were on that same record. And... They were just again. It was because it, it was just such a diaspora of that. You know, like the, it, along that line too. It's like that. That you can tell that 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 single was very carefully chosen. Not you know all the songs. I, I I liked all the songs on that album, but there it was the you know like it was just it was a nice, interesting to hear them being um butthole you know it's like the butthole surfers pepper pepper man great song so so can i pick on can i pick on this 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 hey (laughs) yes so so we kind of started this conversation talking about you know how like how how pearl jam was getting played without their permission and and i'm I'm not going to say anything bad about eddie vetter i really i really enjoy him i really enjoy pearl jam but like one song is just Jeremy spoke in class today. And then, <laughs> and then the, the yellow led better. Like you, you don't even, what the fuck's he even saying? That's the point though. You can't understand <laughs> what that fucker's saying. And it's better than 95% of the music today. It's it's the auditor it's the auditory equivalent of uh, a Rorschach blot or uh educate ball. Yeah, what do you want it to say? <laughs> All signs point to no. 
like I like I like some modern music. I like some of it. This glorified version of a pellet gun, right? I like post oh, glorified. Yeah, I thought it was Pelican. Yeah. <laughs> okay. no, see, yeah, Pearl Jam is one band I specifically will not cave and look up the lyrics to. No, Google. I won't either. I, I just don't I, want to know. I, I, I better abstract. Unpopular thought. opinion. I really didn't care for much of Pearl Jam's music uh, after um, was it the second album? Brody, name the second album. Versus. Mother versus. That's it. After versus, I I was kind of like over it. Well, Vitology is a decent record. Corduroy is a good song. Immortality is a good song. After Yield, they kind of fell off though. I was more of an STP guy. Like I oh, love pretty much everything they did. Yeah. You remember, Brody, you remember when STP first came out and everyone was calling them Pearl Jam 2? Yep. I may or, I may or may not have done that once or twice. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> did you get fired dumb, for that dumb. statement? <laughs> no, it wasn't that. <laughs> no, and, and no, when I said that, I was in college radio. Yeah, I remember a lot of people saying that. Pearl Jam 2. But then again, everyone always complained about all the different bands that Lane Staley was in before he passed. Which is crazy, because, like, fucking one of the best ever, man. Well, because, yeah, it's a Stone Temple's pilot song. You just got to, like, pull the mixer down on one side, just, like, 30%. (laughs) That's that's the shit that's sad, though. Like, those guys put out fucking albums that were, there were monsters on every album. Like, uh, Purple, the second album. And yeah. I mean, you could say about Plush too. Every fucking song on that album is awesome. Like, really, maybe not all amazing, but at least awesome. Like, if I heard it on the radio today, and it was a new song. Although, obviously, I would be like, "Oh shit, this is pretty good." What is this? Now, see, for me, that's the number four record of theirs, the Star record. Oh yeah, because that has that has Down, that has uh, Sour mm. Girl. Oh, it dude, has, great song. And my favorite song on the record, which is Atlanta, the last song on the track on the record. Which is all acoustic, which is amazing. What? So where? I mean, where are we at right now in the in the music scene? Like, what? What's the what's well, the region looking like? Well, it, well, it's funny. We we swing it back around, and you mention you mentioned Pearl Jam, uh, and I'll bring up one song, and I think you'll know where I'm going to go with this. The song "Last Kiss." Okay. Last kiss is a yeah. last kiss is a cover. Right. Yes. Yeah, so of a fifty fifties song yes. or forties. But, he, but here's my point. Local music today, if you're a cover band, you're everywhere. If you're an original band, unless you have a cover, you're nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Everyone everyone goes out for cover bands now. Right. There's a reason why cover bands have 40, 50 years of staying power. Mm-hmm. It's just no one no one knows how to write. And if they oh. if they do know how to write, they can't write something, or at least it seems to me. They or they can't write something which can stick. Or they're writing or, music for somebody else. Yeah. See, this that is too. where that's a lot of it. This is where I think that nostalgia also is, is a very strong part of the market. Mm-hmm. That, that the if you look at the the average age of the people going to these going to see these cover bands, I don't believe that they want to hear new rock music. They want to hear the stuff that they already know. I think that's, that's just true. a problem with consuming consuming stuff as you get older. There's, there's certain things everyone's okay with, 
changing in their lives for some reason. Everyone's okay when all of a sudden the gestures on your phone have to change, but people aren't okay with their music changing. Even yourself. <laughs> well, I, so, so actually, so kind of here's a follow up thought to that. Is it part of it too that the you know like because we, we talked about like the, the the venues that we consume it in have changed. It's also the reason, but the reason that we're consuming it has changed as well. Is like you know a lot of that music was these were formative experiences mm-hmm. when we were young. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a group, it was a group thing. And now with persistent communication, it's like people have that is a fragmented off point. into their yeah. own mm-hmm. little division. And it does it it doesn't matter anymore. You're talking in it's all memes and so let me clips. paint you a picture, right? You got whether it's Wade, Gunner, Trace, Brody, sitting at home. Nothing to do. Turn on the TV. It's all garbage. Watch MTV. Turn it to MTV. Well, I mean, I didn't even have MTV. So, I mean, MTV was nice. but And MTV started ditching the whole music television uh, platform um, quite a while ago. Sadly. So that was even that was even kind of on the way out, you know, as it was on its way in. It, they, they, they realized they realized that, that playing music wasn't going to last for the long term. But what what still was able to be successful by playing music was radio, right? So we would sit at home and we'd be like, you know what? Let's flip through the radio. And sometimes you'd get stuff that wasn't even music, right? Like you'd get a host, you'd get a personality and they'd start talking and you're like, well, this is pretty cool. And it was actually so popular that in the morning on the drive into work, it was all personalities, right? Because People were just so fucking tired at the wheel. They would rather listen to Howard Stern have a girl have an orgasm on a subwoofer as he makes a sound into the microphone. They would rather listen to this weird stuff on the way into work. And actually, Still one of my favorite music. clips of that movie, by the way. <laughs> Private Parts is excellent. Yeah. So, oh, actually, yeah, kind of side note. Right? Howard Stern or Opie and Anthony and peak Patrice O'Neill. Just randomly walking in, walking in time. Opie and Anthony, but you have to admit, there's no Opie and Anthony without Howard Stern. Well, because like back when they had what's his, um, well, there's Bob and Tom now. They wouldn't have come know. around if it weren't for Opie and Anthony. Uh, Kid Chris was actually local for a while. Yep. Why? Because Kid Chris came from Syracuse. Really? So, I didn't know that. Yep. yep. Why is he my, worked with Sports for a long time? But yeah, why is that for? So, so, so now I'm on the way home from work, right? I'm on the way home and I want to fucking listen to those people and I can't if I can listen to them anymore. Now I got to listen to the drive at five. I can't listen to this hour long rant about wearing your underwear four times front, back, inside out. You know what you can do that on? You can do it on YouTube. You can do it on podcasts. You could do it on XM radio, right? So I, I feel like, you know, maybe, maybe people don't need as much out of their music as they used to because they have other ways to get that, right? Like you say, like people aren't writing anymore. They're writing. The people didn't get dumber. There's still really good authors out there. I just think that they're writing scripts for for youtubers now 
Like they're well, they're out doing other things. And actually, so here, kind of, yeah, maybe this is a follow up thing too. Do you think that this is one of these things where the the quote unquote music industry really freaking kicked themselves in the dick because they got in at the very early side of this, heard a whole got a whole bunch of laws passed on how they think they get charged for performance fees and -hmm. basically made it impossible to port this port this like kind of you know marketing effort from the radio model once you went to this diaspora of podcast and because you know like as it is right now we've we've talked about that a couple podcasts ago but like you know like all, all these twitch streamers are getting yanked because if they have music playing in the background are getting dinged for DMCA stuff, and like the what this last freaking round when they did the six hundred dollar stimulus checks, they passed the fucking law. It's a felony offense now. Section that's not section that's not that's not two thirty, is it? That is no, um, no, that's se- that's separate. Yeah, no, like if if, if I, I know what you're talking you're about, pro- it was like prosecute. a it was like a ten year like a ten year prison term, wasn't it? Or something yes. of that nature. Yes, made it a federal. They've made it a federally prosecutable item now instead of like a civil disturbance and it's just like how the fuck then yeah i mean i i guess i you know again maybe this i it, it was it, this was this was a cool thing while it lasted you know i guess like having like fucking college you know having having something other than a college radio station able to actually play anything interesting that was kind of cool while it lasted but i wonder like i wonder how radio is still surviving because it's still the same amount of. I mean, they're still playing music. Right so wing extremely costs associated. Um, now, <laughs> now, Brody, you 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 host Compact Rock Radio, correct? Yes. Yes. Now, is what is the is that is that uh, is that over the air? Is that an online thing? Tell it's us about both, that. Actually. It's okay. both actually. It's both actually. It is. I do have. Um, since with everything going on with current pandemic issues, um, we don't have a studio that we broadcast out of right now. See, what we do is we usually broadcast out of the Westcott Community Center up in Syracuse. Okay. Yep. And when everything started shutting down, they shut down the West. They, just, they shut down the WCC over you know concerns about exposure and things of that nature. And uh, they haven't opened it back up yet. So any shows that we do right now, we're broadcasting at home or recording at home, much like we're doing here. And then I, we would pipe it into the station and they play it over the air. Okay. They do have two over-the-air terrestrial signals. It is uh, 93.7 and 103.3. But I do that and I put it on SoundCloud. I have my own radio si- I have my own website that I actually broadcast it off of. So I do both. I, I, I toe the line on both regards. Now, what's your involvement with that radio station? Is it yours? Were you hired for that station? Um, tell us about it. Basically, it was the same. Th- it was the same thing as with um, K Rock. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, I was at an event. Actually, the band was the band was playing at an event, and one of the hosts of one of the shows on the station is a friend of my guitarist. Because my tar- my guitarist actually hosts a all a ninety a show of all vinyl every Sunday night, and they're friends of theirs, 
and I had done a 90s rock night on his show one night. The owner of the radio station, I'm sorry, not the owner, the, um, I guess you could say the program director of Spark Radio said, do you want to do that on our station? I said, absolutely. <laughs> and the next week I was training with a guy, and the next week after that I was on the air. So nice. do you do a pre-recorded, how does, how's the format? So do you pre-record and then upload it to them or is it a, a live stream or how does that, what's the format no, like? I pre-record, I pre-record and then I send it to them. Okay. I'll sit there. I use audacity and I pick and choose songs and I, I do my talk bits through it much like when I was much like in radio, when someone will uh, voice track exact same thing, they have all the music in front of them and there's specific spots where they have to talk. They put their piece in. And then they mix it all together. Gotcha. Exact, exact same thing. But the show is all free for him, so all the songs are picked by me. Gotcha. I, I, it's got to. Well, I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I imagine. So the '90s, late '90s, early aughts. Radio is king um, for the most part. A lot of listeners reaching out, messaging, making requests, things like that. Is it a shittier, lonelier place, or is that not really a big deal or even a factor for you? I mean, I would love to say that, you know, I get five, 6,000 listeners a week. I mean, so I think we. anybody, anybody, <laughs> no, no, what I'm trying to say, no, but what I'm trying to say is anybody Ditto. in media, but I, I'm, I'm, but I, I know, I mean, again, that's obvious. Everyone hopes to get more listeners, but in the industry at this point, Listeners, how can I put this? When you're in the online media, when you're in this kind of digital media platform, unless you have some kind of merchandise or unless you have some kind of sellable entity on it, this isn't going to pay your bills. Yeah, you do it for you do it for the fun. You do it for the love, right? Because I mean, I mean, for example, I'm starting to work on merchandise right now. It took me a year to get to the point where I want to do it. Now I'm starting to get those things out. But at the same time, I'm kind of hesitant to do it because I get listeners, okay, whatever. I get 200, 300 listeners a week for a small terrestrial radio station, which doesn't get off the SU Hill or doesn't get right. any farther than, let's say, the Northland Communications Building in East Syracuse. <laughs> it basically goes that distance. That's it. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're not going to get a lot merch. of listeners on top of it. Right. Your merch isn't going to 200 people. It's going to one one hundredth or one tenth of those people. And exactly. Then, and you, you have, have to justify. About, yeah. You're going to keep the inventory. Are you going to ship it directly? Um, yeah. Yeah. You got to order a, a minimum 100 shirts. <laughs> I just want merch for myself. <laughs> if somebody else wants to buy it, cool. I just want to walk around with a fucking Friendship Snake t-shirt. Or I'll, get, I'll, I'll, I'll get you a Friendship Snake t-shirt, and I'll get you the one for the Pennsylvania Secret Service. <laughs> well, well, I am, well, I am going to actually have custom compact rock masks, which are going to be coming out soon. That's pretty sweet. Thank you, Vistaprint. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Plug? Was, no no shame in the plug. Shameless no plugs shame are allowed. My, yeah, no shame in the plug because they actually yeah. do pretty well. So, so yeah, custom that, business cards are. That's that's what that's what uh, Light and I did. Um, is we got our we got our company's merch just so that we could wear it. 
that's exactly why we did it. Yeah. Just because just, we could. It it doesn't make any sense. Like I can wear it on like an important conference call. You know, there's a chance that I could throw it on if I was going to go to a conference somewhere. You kind of look. But what does it make me look like? Like a like a McDonald's employee? I wear my uniform when I'm not working. Um, we really did it just so that we could have some of our own. Um, I think the 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 limitation of that with uh, with Friendship Snake is is that uh, we would have to put the money in. You know, it's not like it's not like we have revenue and we can be like, ah, oh, let's expense that. It's like no, that's Gunner's that's Gunner's cash. But, but, and, that, but and that's what I'm saying though. You have to be able to justify does the does the money spent does the end justify the mean in that situation? Now, but you also said yourself you wear you will wear it for yourself time what sometimes, but there's just that one time you have to wear it where someone's going to say, What is that? Yeah, yep. yeah. It just takes that one, one time. I've already Wait. got like an idea. I've already Wait. got yes. We're gonna get our t shirts. We're going to get our magic bullet style blender and a line of bath salts. So. Me, the bear with no. me. Now. I want three snakes kind of with our likenesses. I want Deke to do it. Shout out to Deke. Love you, brother. Um, I want, and I, I want the web, I want the website on the back across the back shoulders. And I want the phrase ride the snake on the bottom in quotes. That's what I want. And the friendship stick logo on the back as well. <laughs> I actually do have a legitimate suggestion: mouse pads. Yeah, yeah. you know, I thought like they that? were the dumbest thing because I, I haven't used them for a good portion of my career. Um, and then we remodeled my kitchen, and I put in a counter. It's actually um, the counter that I'm that I'm standing at right now, and we put in these like these new shiny countertops. I can't use a fucking mouse on them. See, mouse mouse pads are an idea. Um people are people are doing pens again for some reason. I don't know why, because people don't write really? anymore. But huh. um <laughs> it's like a novelty. Oh, look at this fucking pen, this worthless fucking pen. <laughs> Does anybody have a pen? No, I don't have a pen. Come on now. Why would I have a pen? <laughs> well, because you can kill 10 people with it as opposed to three with a pencil. That's true. Multiplier. Unless the pencil <laughs> has real lead, then you can kill them slowly. But can you kill yeah. them softly? Killing them softly. Yes, with, with their own with words. Your, with your words. There it is. <laughs> so so you told us a, you told us about the uh about the, the, the DJ and stuff. Now what about this band? It, it's called Dark Room? Dark room, yes. Um, it has nothing to do with photography. <laughs> I was gonna ask. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with the guitarist of my band's whose whose stage name is Ronnie Dark. It has nothing to do with that. It was it was actually based on the old eighties TV show. The dark is that room. the one where you go they go up like the stairs. Yep. Like they go into this exactly. mansion and up this dude, I remember that. Uh, very little I remember of it, but I, I remember those stairs. Like in that first person view. Yep. And that that's actually where the name of the band came from, from that TV show. All right. And I assume that you're forced into being a cover band based on your previous, uh, <laughs> your, your previous. Nope. Uh, actually, no. no, we are actually all original. Okay. We are all original. And that's why I said, if you're a cover band nowadays, you're all over the place. If you're mm -hmm. an all original band, unless you have a cover, you're not doing anything. 
Right. Because right. people will always go out to see cover bands. Because again, as you said, they want to hear songs they know. Unless, and that really limits local musicians who are trying to make a living and trying to get out of town because they can't get their name out there unless they go to digital means. And then from there, you deal with the whole writing singles at a time. See, everything right. comes together. <laughs> you do you guys with with your writing process do you do you just write kind of like one song at a time and just record it or do you actually do you try and actually write an album we try to write an album uh and actually how we write is that they do they i have like five or six different notebooks just full of random lyrics and words like i put that bunch together and then mm. they bring a song in and i just pick and choose out of that I'm like, well, i use this and this and this and this and that's how we write now, give it give a proper plug for sure. Like, where can people consume like Darkroom? Uh, you can go to darkroomsyr.com. Um, we're on face, we're on the evil, the book of faces on uh, Darkroom Syr. Um, I mean, I mean, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're actually on Snapchat, even though I haven't used that thing in probably four years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Reverb Nation. I mean, we're we're really. All the places you'd find us. We're on Spotify. Uh, we're actually on Title of all places. We're on Jay Z's sure. Title. Oh, really? Service. No yeah, shit. we're on Title. Actually, how did how did like getting on there? How did that happen? We went through CD Baby to distribute the record, and one of the places they send it to, they send it to all the these different streaming sites, and that was one of them. So. What's I mean, your favorite song? On the first record, because we are writing a second, on the first record, I'd probably say a song called He Is The Night. We wrote it about uh, John Jamelski, actually. I was going to ask you, Trace, what's your favorite, what's your favorite kid? <laughs> My favorite track... Um, the one off, you don't know about. Off your first album is uh, Star Rider. I really Star like Rider. Star Rider. Yeah, really like that song. Suggest anybody uh, to go visit the site and, and listen to it. It's really good. It's actually my favorite song to play live. Oh, yeah. They were supposed to say live, but he is the night just because of what we wrote it about. And it's actually part one of a trilogy. Very cool. And it was actually used as part of a book. The song was used as part of a book. Is this the book that you're also a character in? Yes. The the individual who wrote it is actually from is actually from Canastota. His name is Tom Clark. You actually his sister is in my was in my graduating class, Allison Clark.
So here's a question. Is Canastota like Innsmouth with less opportunity? <laughs> uh, do you want an honest answer or do you want yeah, me to uh, make a BS answer? <laughs> you can go. You can go either way. Like, it's, like, it's, it, it's like it's like it's like it's like Innsmouth. If uh, even even the the outer ones came there and like, yeah, we're uh, peace out. It's 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 a, it's literally a throughway stop on the way to Innsmouth. Uh, it's definitely something. <laughs> I do feel our, like love our kind of sort of pumps out like some some. Interesting and talented people per capita. Yeah, you know it, it's got the trifecta. It was it was uh, Henry Fonda's first movie it was in Canastota, and uh, oh, what what the heck's his name? Opie uh, on the Andy Griffith show. Why is my brain not? Uh, um, oh, uh, Roy, uh, Ron Howard. Ron Howard. Ron Howard's first movie was in Sylvan Peach. Can we have really? a record? Can we There's have a Luger that lived here too? What? We have a what? Uh, like a like a record holding land loser, like like laying. Oh, the... the Beetle guy. Yeah, Beagle, Beagle, oh, Jarvis. Beagle, Beagle Jarvis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 See, Canisota cranks out the finest. Well, yes. I mean, we did have a world champion boxer. We can't, of course, can't. Didn't we have two. Title, title, yeah. Basilio and Bacchus. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because we talk about like we talk about rock, you know, and like people writing lyrics. You imagine being in, in boxing. Like, do you imagine being in boxing right now, like being like one of the best or maybe like, you know, the top ten in boxing? Because man, that's right now that be, wouldn't be great. Too great. Yeah, that's, that's gotta be a tough industry. I would I would think UFC is probably worse just because of the fact that you actually are in much closer contact because you actually have to grab the person. Well, supposedly the the thing was is that like uh, what's his face there Dana White. Mm-hmm. Although he was a he was a super asshole at the start of it, he like 180 on that, and they basically secluded everybody on a fucking island. No one came. No one comes in. No one comes off. No one goes off. So yeah, Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. And yeah, so it's just that was that was their solution was how to, how they kept doing business. Um, so well, beyond that, like when it comes to like boxing and UFC, the problem with boxing is that so there was too much the, organized the, crime involvement. Well, they, yes, they but the, the, naturally, the naturally, well, just boxing in general. Naturally, you would think like, okay, UFC is significantly more violent, and it's but the fact is that in boxing, you're not allowed to like grapple someone or do a double leg takedown and take them to the ground you're literally just trying to punch them in the body but the worst part is you're hitting them in the head way off way more often right ufc is not really like that ufc it's you're not taking multiple shots to the head because you're not going to last that long although if you if you listen to joe if you listen to joe rogan that ufc fights still you know like as you phrased yesterday there's pain that hurts and there's pain that changes yeah. There's still a lot of pain that changes in the and, and if you fight. don't listen to Joe Rogan, you should. Honestly. Yeah, no, I we all I think <laughs> I, I, we, I I I think he's kind of a I think he can be an immense dumbass. That still doesn't mean that a show is not entertaining and he does actually have like some cool he he does actually have like some cool stuff on there now and more more often than he does not. 
Have you seen the the Rogan and Musk um, cartoon? I have not. I've not either. It's, I, it's I, like I like. It's animated, kind of like uh, like Rick and Morty, like that style. Jeez. And you have one character that's, of course, it's Joe Rogan, and the other one is Elon Musk. And uh, Elon Musk is just talking about crazy things, like getting into your brain or whatever. And Rogan just can't stop talking about drugs and he starts eating mushrooms and tripping yeah. balls <laughs> it's funny I, because the, this is like the old opie and anthony animations yeah. i i i like the deep fake they did of joe rogan talking to Roe jogan oh my god joe rogan interviewing himself was one of the funniest things i've seen because they agree on everything and they always end up talking about drugs lots and lots of drugs i'm just waiting for the beavis and butthead reboot to come up that's all i'm waiting for yeah because I just want to see how bad they're going to ruin it. Brody, is there... Well, yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> there's no way... You can't do Beavis and Butthead the I, way it the, used to be. There's supposed the to be older with children. Oh, see, so y- y- you say this. I do I do want to couch this, though. I mean, you, 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 every, everyone, everyone here has seen Silicon Valley, right? Parts of it, yeah. Parts of it, yeah. Okay, so, and Trace will know what I'm talking about. E... Worked on probably the greatest dick joke ever committed to television mm-hmm. for like ten years. So, like he was sitting on that, fucking like no, you know, whiteboards were involved, but he was whiteboarding that. Mm-hmm. He's like doing timing. Yeah, yeah, you know, like it, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, because because what you're talking about is how um, Mike Judge, right? Yes. Yeah, Mike mm-hmm. Judge. He did he did Office Space too, right? Yes. Um. Of course, he did Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this, and it's a bit of a spoiler for those who haven't. But it's been the show's been um, it's 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 been uh, on long enough. It's not like we're ruining like a six month old show. Um, and uh, what they did is they were <laughs> they were at a um, they were at a uh, like a technology um, convention because you know it's all about tech. And they were supposed to have had the best way to compress stuff, like compress video or whatever, so that you didn't need a good connection, but you got really good quality video. And like like a bunch of idiots, they they gave away they gave away their 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 tech. They like they like pitched it to somebody. They wrote down all of the details and they stole it. So they get to this tech um, summit, and they're supposed to go up and talk, but their entire idea was already proposed. And the, the, the lead engineer is, is just like brainstorming, trying to think about how they can actually make the compression better. And uh, the analogy that it comes up with <laughs> is, um, and this is, this is going to get a bit explicit for those, those listeners that don't like to, to listen about explicit stuff. But earmuffs. Um, yeah, earmuffs. Um, what he talks about is he, he talks about um, part of the, the decompression. It's like you're, you know, it's like instead of instead of like jerking off and having to go up and down in one stroke, it's like having two penises tip to tip. And as your hand leaves one, it starts stroking the other and you can stroke two penises with one gesture. And this was his pitch <laughs> in front of thousands of people. His pitch on how his compression was better. Um you know, was the tip to tip, <laughs> but like you said, like Mike judge has been sitting on the tip to tip joke. He wanted, to, he wanted to somehow be able to, to bring that in. And it required him like, like 
helping uh, write and produce a show about technology where you could finally get the tip to tip jerking um, motion. But remember, it was also it was also floor to dick ratio. They had a dick, dick yeah, to floor but who ratio. does that joke offend? No, but no, it's it's the fact that he, he had to have a something that ridiculous. I, I think that's what you're right. getting at, right? I, well, it's also it's also just getting money to commit to fully deliver. You like <laughs> somebody throwing money at you to commit fully to executing on this. Yeah, go bigger, go home. That's what they say. Yeah, I guess know, what I'm talking about and like the like make, making Beavis and Butthead today. Mm-hmm. It, you can't. I don't, how how do you do it? Yeah. How do you how do you do it with keeping the spirit of the actual show? I don't really think you can. No, no. I think I I think you can. You actually have to make their kids stupider than them. I I, I used to feel this way too, Wade. I used to feel yeah. like 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 TV will never be the same because everyone will be offended. So you can't you just can't make good yep. humor. And then yeah. I realized that. It's kind of the opposite of what's happened to music. We're forcing our writers to actually like, like do good writing. And I, if you think about it, that's what the Chappelle show did. Like they, they played the race card quite a bit, um, which I didn't think you would still be able to do, but I watched him open for Saturday night live and I'm like, holy shit, this guy can still say whatever the fuck he wants to. But then you have someone like Kevin Hart who does his stand up, Yeah. And it was, horrible <laughs> because he tried to do the same thing and it just it did not work for him i mean bill it's also a matter of who doesn't i don't know why bill burke can still make fun of women bill burke can make fun of anybody yeah but, but that's <laughs> and all, he, he was in the mandalorian it's also it's just being great. from boston you know to, to per se like you know as he said you know it, it's he, he he's he's a connoisseur of just a good joke you know the the whole he, his favorite bar had a had a thing on on the, the chalkboard that said we like our vi- we like our beers like we like our violence domestic. Oh gosh! <laughs> so so I think Wade, I think I I think I think I'm on Gunner's side here. If he can yeah. if he can sit down and pitch a script at somebody where the main punchline for the entire season is this tip to tip. What what was the other part of it? The Middle. Uh, dick the floor, but it's middle oh, out compression. Middle out compression. That's right. Yeah, because you start at the center. They were they because they were working out the math. It's like even the 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 guy who was kind of their 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 sponsor, or whatever, says he was going to make that he was going to make the presentation successful, even if he had to jerk off every guy in the auditorium to do it. And they were just trying to figure out mathematically how he could jerk off everyone in the <laughs> building in the time that their talk was allotted. They just started doing the hard, hard math on. Yeah, and then, you know, then they, an interviewer, interviewer's like, she's like, uh, how do you feel about your incubator startup um, and, and their pitch today? And the guy goes, I don't know. I, I know how long it would take to, to jerk off everyone in this entire room. <laughs> just straight face just says that. <laughs> but you're right. Like, if he could sell that script to fucking HBO, <laughs> which, you know, I mean, HBO can host that content. Yeah, I think, I think, I, maybe I do have faith. I I actually, you know, unpopular opinion. I actually didn't love Beavis and Butthead. I didn't really like. I I didn't just crave the show. So I, I'm actually interested to see what what will happen if the writing has to be a little bit more intelligent because I really didn't find it all that intelligent when I was watching. Well, 
Well, then that brings up a question. What was your favorite MTV cartoon? Ooh, I mean, like... I got mine easily already right off the cuff. Yeah, mine, mine, mine too. Mine was easy. The the max is pretty. There you go. You just hit it. <laughs> um, but that wasn't that was that was a cartoon of a of like an indie comic. Book. Oddities, yeah. Um, I mean, Aeon Flux was fucking just weird as all I was, hell. I was gonna say for me it was Aeon Flux. Yeah, Aeon Flux always will be badass. Aeon Flux. Trace didn't really have MTV though. No. Yeah. No, I did watch Beavis and Butthead though because I would I would go over to my neighbor's house and watch it. Well, the Jake and went yeah, and he would pull his head up over his or shirt up over his head, and um, you and know, the cornholio thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, I remember, I remember Daria being on every time I did get a chance to watch MTV, and I'm like, I don't really get this, and I just changed the station. But yeah, I don't. What other cartoons do they have? They had the oh, head. MTV Oddities had like they kind of like a a bunch of them. Like you had like the head, the Max. Well, I, yeah, I they, a bunch they, of them. Name only two. They did. They did um, a bunch of like. Sh- it was really kind of a serial short thing. I think it was yeah. a Fox one, but I think the critic was on around that point in time, and I was a critic fan. <laughs> no, the critic was good. Critic I like was critic. Good. Yeah. What about Duckman? Oh, dude, Duckman was great with John Alexander. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was great. That was on USA. Weird station USA. I, I don't <laughs> I don't know how USA survives, like, but I do not survive WWE. Ah <laughs> uh, yeah, good point. That's how good they point. survive right now is the WWE. They know they have a big enough contract with them where they can do whatever they need to do and they still yeah, have that. They, 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 they kind of murdered all their original programming. It's it's the weirdest thing. Like te- back when I was younger, like when Duckman was on. It's such a great show, but I I don't think a lot of if a lot of people knew about it, like you don't, it's it's almost like a like a cult following for Duckman. USA 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 was basically basic tier cable HBO, right? Yes, they had like well, kind of no, not well. Was Fox basic tier? No. I mean, Fox is Fox is broadcast, but I mean, like broadcast. So it was like if HBO was also basic, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, true. It, it, what what Gunner's saying is, if you if HBO smoked crack, it, it would be like USA would be like HBO. It's yeah, it, USA is huh? the croc the crocodile of uh, drugs to uh, HBO's uh, H- 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 China H- Black. HBO, but HBO has always been a premier service. You had to pay extra. Yeah, Correct. actually, yeah, actually, maybe that's not fair. USA is the off-brand Cinemax. USA, oh, honestly, that's that's USA probably a great one. Standard cable. Did it? Yeah. Yeah, you're thinking of stars, I think. Stars. No, he's, stars he's not even stars. He's just so USA essentially is like is fucking freeware HBO. <laughs> like it's yes. You're not gonna have any fucking, HBO. <laughs> yeah, like you're. It's better than like you know ABC, it's, CBS. Like it's got some more interesting stuff, but it's not really. It's off brand. It's not really there. It's AOL. It's AOL as done by Pornhub. Remember when the yeah. American Film Channel oh, just played geez. American films? The American Film Channel. 
or not oh, American, channel, American Movie Channel. Yeah, AMC. Yes. Oh, AMC. Oh, AMC. Yeah. yeah. Remember when they just played movies? Yep. And then they're I like, remember. and they're like, no, we're gonna we're gonna rock your world. We're gonna we're gonna have a we're gonna get the the dad from Malcolm in the Middle, and we're gonna have him sling math. It's gonna be amazing. I'm I'm actually kind of cra- like it's kind of crazy that uh that whole thing basically because I think they're part of the Discovery Network, you know, Discovery Television. Mm-hmm. So they're yeah. they're they're going to make their own streaming service now. Yeah, yeah Discovery it's, Plus. It's, I saw it that. It actually looks interesting. It also basically means that Hulu has no fucking point in existing at this point. Right. Yeah, I was thinking about that because awesome. um like a lot of that content has like a lot of the content that's going to these networks is just being ripped off of some other streaming platform. Yeah. I when, I wonder how much saturation is going to be allowed by the public before it's like fuck it. <laughs> well, look how much Peacock has already taken from different different yeah. services. Well, yeah. Pe- Peacock Peacock's pricing model is basically based on how much office do you want to see. <laughs> well, that's like well, that's like Hulu. Hulu is pretty much do you want to watch Letterkenny in the states or not? Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking tough, yep. man. That's honestly the so- only show that I would even consider, and I still won't. But it, that show is so good. And here's the thing: how would I know? Because I've only watched clips of it, and every fucking clip I've watched, I've been satisfied and yep. I've enjoyed it. Like that's the only show that I I could even think of that would make me say, "Yeah, I'm going to sign up for Hulu." Mm-hmm. So here's oh, a question. So, fun. so here, You're so here's only this model. This <laughs> in the states wants to watch Lighter Kenny. Oh my gosh, Gunner, you watch that show, right? I've seen it. I haven't watched it on Hulu. I feel I'm like you commit like twenty. You watch it on Crave. Yeah. <laughs> no. Pitter patter, big shoots. I, Get to I, your point. I, I, I had. Pitter patter. I, I, I had my gray market uh, DVDs come my way before uh, they were legally allowed to be sold in this country. Yeah. Now you get ten years for that shit. Don't do that. Yeah. Well, see, you, can't you can buy them. You just can't oh, sell them. Oh, could you imagine Prison Gunner? Like Gunner comes out of the clink, like shredded and like like with tats all over no i don't want to because you see that's what you think happens right what actually happens is day six an emp takes out all of upstate new york yeah like an electromagnetic pulse just leaves the prison prison is gone yeah (laughs) prison is gone gunner just just walks out looking just as confused as he normally does in walking life and he's like, eh, I guess that was more powerful than I expected. They, the prison disappears on February twenty uh, second, also known as Zero Day. From that point forward, uh, you know, and it's a, a building just dis- the building just disappeared. The fucking it's like the fucking Philadelphia Experiment movie. Um. So here's a I guess like yeah are are we you know besides the streaming apocalypse and everything like that. Are we straight in the max headroom fucking reality, except with computers instead of TVs? Another one of the best things to come off MTV, by the way. Yes. I mean, like, are are we here? I mean, like, is is that really? Do you watch the news? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm just waiting for the blipverts to start being a problem. Uh, I'm. I don't know. And Canadian, and and maybe Canadian RoboCop. Wayne? <laughs> Wayne for Letterkenny. 
there you go. It's that's. I'm really glad you said Wayne from Letterkenny. Because it's. I can't wait to hear this. A guy that 30 years ago, 20 years ago, portrayed in the same way would probably not be the star of the show. Probably just some like, uh, some hick or whatever. But after all this media, all this social media, all this like blasting of information, this guy is pretty much a hero and he's fucking super cool, even though he is like, you know, a hick from Ontario. Like, is there some sort of like, am I digging too deep here? Is it just a comedy or is there some sort of like underlying metaphoric message? Like fucking disconnect and don't be so concerned about what everyone is doing at every fucking single moment. Just be satisfied and like, you know, that you're living and that, you know, you have some sort of a purpose. Mm -hmm. This is how, yeah, I, I agree. I don't know if that's the underlying underlying message, but I do think that I think that, we all need a little bit of that in our lives. It's the moral for tonight's episode, everyone. Good night, everybody. No, no. <laughs> Basically, just sit down, watch, and just deal with it. Yeah, masturbate in a log cabin. <laughs> life, 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 yeah. Life, life, is, life is pretty crap, but it does be... Middle out, though. Middle out. Like, you need two to make yeah. it efficient. You <laughs> in the middle of the well, actually, it, and, it, and, it, and it allows for a hot swap in the middle of it, so if one arm gets tired. Oh, yeah, redundancy is great. I mean, I never really, I'm kind of selfish when it comes to that, but redundancy is great. Why would you waste the stroke? True. So and we have officially come full circle. Yeah. So, Brody, <laughs> you're, you're, doing, you're hosting Compact Rock that's every Thursday night. Mm -hmm. What's the time slot? Uh, 9 to 11 p.m. 9 to 11. Um, from some of the ones that I've listened to, it's a lot of like a lot of stuff from when you were you were spinning records at K-Rock. A lot of kind of older stuff and some deeper cuts as well. Is that how you would describe it, would you say? Um, pretty much all your one-hit wonders, all the stuff you know, and all the stuff you don't know. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> you get to plug oh. any dark room on there? I did once now what we we do a segment on the show every week now I'll, I'll explain uh we do a segment on the show every week where we do two two tracks from a local artist and i've actually opened this up now where if it's any area around the country if they have a local artist they want me to play send me music and i'll play it we should sure. we should submit the gunner kennedy project two songs from there i'll play it if, as long as it's clean <laughs> as long as it's clean i'll oh, play it's, it no it's completely you clean know. there's no it's not it's funny because you it's not R rated even. You played the predecessor to it back when <laughs> back when I was making music by myself. You played some of my stuff on K Rock at night. <laughs> so I believe you. That's true. Some of the Pentajock stuff, yeah. Yeah. I actually that? you know, I still have a Pentajock C D by the way. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. That's great. I actually I, do have one. I, I I'll have to dig it out. I know I still have one somewhere. I try not to. I forgot where I got it, it, got it because some of the material do, didn't age well. Fruit Loops and something, something, Snickerdoodles yeah. and cough drops. They yeah, all that, the same. Yeah, that part. That part doesn't bother me too much. But some of the language in there. Um, let's just say it. It made heavy heavy use of the bundle of sticks phrase. Yeah. And, uh, I, although it, in context, I thought it was funny and fair. I don't know. 
<laughs> if we're in can, cancel culture, can now, we? Can we? Yeah, exactly. And you're not allowed to. Let's not uh, get in. Age four, age twenty years, and not and not progress at all. Cancel culture is a <laughs> whole podcast. We're not going to get into. No, that you're right. right. You're right. That's true. That's true. I don't. You wouldn't have to worry about cancel culture for the for the Gunner Gunner Kennedy Project stuff. No, it's safe. I, I it's completely safe. But no, like I said, and I mean, we'll I'll play. I'll just play two songs from a random artist, and you know, as long as it's clean, I'll play them. And I only played us on my birthday, so. Oh, well, that's a nice birthday present. Yeah. Because I Can won't, get- I'm one of those, I won't also oversaturate myself. I won't over promote yeah. the band or, because, yeah. you know, I want to be fair. You're yeah, like, yeah, you're yeah. like the coach's kid on the, on the, like the little league team. Buddy Bayheim? Like that, that kid only fucking plays <laughs> because, <laughs> because, yeah, exactly. Because his dad's the coach. I know a we bunch of those people. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a dad, so <laughs> I didn't have to worry about that. I didn't have a dad. <laughs> and I sucked at sports, so. Well, back then, anyway. I never learned how to read. Uh, <laughs> it was a struggle to learn how to read for me. Mr. I think Broga it's still a struggle, isn't it? What's that? It still is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> That's from... No, a lot of fucking concussions though from like yeah well, college football and whatnot, whatnot. Luckily, luckily the average literacy, you know, the literacy of an average American has been trending down over time. <laughs> exactly, so, uh... I'm king of the apes. <laughs> <laughs> you, are sir, the, you are the Caesar, sir. It's Mega Maid, sir. She's gone from suck to blow. Yeah. Brody, how did you? I, I have to imagine. So Brody and I used to work, and I, I know we're probably over over, but I don't know, I'll yeah, I we'll go a little longer. Probably are. <laughs> um, so Brody and I used to work at uh, PJ Dorsey's. Um, Brody was a DJ there, and I was uh, the bouncer there. One of the bouncers there. Was it a or miserable job, or did you enjoy it? Or like, I mean, what? Your overall experience was it a positive one, a negative one, or just you know, just it's just ha- it's just right in the middle somewhere. I got drunk for free. I loved it. I was yeah. going to ask you. Because <laughs> I got drunk for free, man. <laughs> the type of environment that seems like it would get progressively worse as as your audience got drunk, unless you also also got drunk. That's a good point. We couldn't. And, we weren't. Well, you guys weren't able to until you had until after everyone was out. We used I to was do drunk. a thing. Beforehand, me and Billy, if you remember Billy and uh Brooksy, we would go to fucking go to the limerick and just get shit faced. I was gonna show up for work. Were you doing a butt chug before you started on shift? Is that no? We were, do, we would, fuck, we would literally just we would get there, and depending on how much time we had before the shift would depend on the frequency, like how quickly we drank drinks, but it was just shots of Jaeger like over and over and then pound a Red Bull and then a few Jaegers. And we were just, we were alert enough because of the fucking caffeine, but we were also shit. Go go down go down and see Jamie and then come back real quick before. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't let big JC do that though. He wasn't okay with that. We had to keep that one covert and secret. Him or 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 don't let Baraski find out because he would have. Yeah. Oh God! Know. Yeah, no. 
buff. Man. No, it, it wasn't bad. You, you are right. As the night goes on and they get progressively more intoxicated, um, dumb shit starts to happen. Uh, phrase. But, yeah. uh, but like, but I was usually getting drunk right along with them. So by the end of the night, I'm half the time I'm forgetting half the songs I'm playing. So I had, a, I may or may not have played one song two or three times in a row. Not thinking about like, it. It seems like at like one thirty in the morning, meatloaf would, you'd have no choice, but to play meatloaf for some girl. No, that, no, that always ended up being for some reason, sweet home, Alabama. Oh, we, you you remember this? We yes. hope Alabama always played in the last half hour. Bon Jovi always played in the last half hour. Yep. <laughs> and I forgot what the closer was. There was a closer we always used to play to us. Do we oh, always okay. used to play Frank Sinatra's New York, New York? I yes, thought. that's right. It was it was New York, New York at the end of the night. Oh. Every yep. single night that closed it out. Yep. You we worked our, we worked our time around it to make sure it happened. If you weren't out by the time old Blue Eyes was done singing, you were in deep shit. <laughs> and then you know, at that at that point at that point gravity took over and you were leaving. That's correct. <laughs> Wade was Wade was pushing him out the door because he was starting to sober up. How so here's yeah. a question. How many of these places are gonna open up? I dude, I don't again. I don't know. I know a lot of the places down in the square have already gone down. Um some of the places are like opening their they're like open for like lunch. Like you can grab like food from there. But well, I know at least one place down there I know will be reopening. What's that? Uh, Limerick will be reopening. Yeah, because good. I know the because I know the owner. I talk to her every day, and yeah, they will be reopening. She's coming back from Florida back in in February. So nice. And I, I last I had heard, but I haven't heard in a while. Tusk was doing lunch and stuff like that. Yep. Um. Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I assume Kitty Hoynes is doing it as well. Yep. Kitty Hoynes is doing, they're doing seat down, sit down again. Um, going through the bars real fast. Benjamin's, I don't know if they're reopening. Um, Mully's, he's waiting for everything to go back to normal. Al's, I don't know how long they're going to last. Wow. Um, corner bar, I think is done. Yeah. That's not shocking. Margaritas is still there. Uh, what about uh, Syracuse Suds? Suds has been, they've been pretty much dead for years. Oh, anyway. really? No, haven't been in a while. Um, Penny, I th- I don't think is reopening. Yeah, that's kind I of I think Chris finally said enough of that. I mean, it, it's, it's hard. And that also goes back to one thing we were talking about earlier with musicians. There's no place to play. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because right now you have Joe's, Everest Joe's out in Bevo. They have a big enough stage, a big enough stage where they can host people. Mm-hmm. There's really not too much more. Yeah, there's some people trying to get on Twitch and do Patreons and stuff, but you have to be a pretty specific type of musician for people to give you money. Um, and it seems like the cover bands would be doing the roughest in that because it's one thing if you got a cover band playing when you're out drinking. You know, you, you pay a cover to get in um, because you want to support the band. But I don't know if people want to hear that when they're home. I think they want to be out. So are they going to pay a cover band to play on Twitch, you know, or are they going to reach out to that struggling, um, you know, 
a struggling uh, musician that's writing their own content and support them instead. So, you know, we had, we had Jess Novak here on uh, a few weeks ago. Great and, show. Uh, by the way. Thanks. Oh, thanks. Thanks. She, uh, you know, she's, she's constantly getting on, on Twitch. She's constantly yeah, she, drawing people every day, out. Every day she's yeah. on there. Just and, like Joe, uh, just like just Joe. Same but thing. with her, like she's, you know, it, it, you know, it's similar to, to your, your, your dark room there. It's there. It's all original stuff. Um, so I, I, I think that her, her true fans are really going to feel compelled because they want to see her, you know, they want to make sure that they see her and that she keeps making music and that when all this blows over, she's still out there playing. I, I kind of feel bad. I don't know if the cover bands are getting the same love. Well, what helps are with some of the cover bands, some of them have artists who are in the bands who also do other, other projects though. For example, yeah. uh, my so-called band, my, uh, my favorite band names. dude, my boy Streeter plays, plays in that band. He's the drummer. He yeah, is the drummer. He's also um, works over as singers. That's a whole singers. Karaoke is a whole nother story we could have about how right. things aren't working for musicians. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean, but his, but his guitarist is also in another all original band. And right now they're doing things. Well, my so-called band is kind of waiting, but my so-called band has also been having their singer, their one of their other musicians do like solo shows. Um, Bill Ali from scars and stripes doing the same thing. He's doing solo shows. So musicians are trying to get out there and they're trying to go based on their name value more than the music right now. Sure. And it seems to be hit or miss. Yeah. It also depends on genre though, too. Cause I mean, you have people who are doing, there are some people where if you do doing a Venge sevenfold, for example, on an acoustic guitar doesn't sound the same. As doing, let's say, yeah. Chris Stapleton or a country artist on an acoustic guitar, just doesn't sound the same. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be played in the mix of some clever and obnoxious online video to to make it really compelling. Hmm. Make it like ironic in some way. Yeah, I so I, I currently. Uh, work as a food safety specialist for a dis uh, pretty big distribution center. Um, but they, when the guys are out there selecting in the warehouse, they put Sirius on and they've been playing these, this like essentially this like nineties rock slash rock pop station. I, I have like a newfound respect for Alanis Morissette. Like I kind of just, I figure I kind of thought it was like over, like Jack Little Pill happened, which obviously is a great album, but that was it. But she's got like a lot more music that I guess I just didn't really know about. Man, she was God. Well, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> she was God in the in the Dogma movie. You're talking yeah, about yeah, because yeah. I mean, well, also the problem with Atlantis was that like the the album that she got big on was also kind of like this collaboration slash vanity project for a bunch of the back end guys too like all the like a bunch of producers and writers right i you're don't know about, you're talking about jagged little pill yeah well here's an here's uh something people may not know who can you name the drummer in her touring band i cannot taylor hawkins oh. the drummer from the foo fighters okay that makes sense really yep 
Huh. And there, there's a lot more artists you think that were part of those '90s bands as touring artists who ended yeah. up doing something. Well, because they, they, the like the late '80s, early '90s, that that was a thing. That that was a big thing too. Like all, all of Clapton's big albums, like Phil Collins was the guy playing drums in all of them and on tour. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you know, like that was, was uh, you know, up until the point that you got like a big cut on the merchandise sale. That was how you fuck. You know, like that was how you got money in the door. And you weren't. I mean, I mean, Queens of the Stone Age. Their first two records were drummed by David Grohl. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of those different stories out there. So, and, and I guess how much? And maybe this is a follow-up question to that. It's like how much of that is, you know, they just like doing it, and how much of it is just like, yeah, you need, you need a, you need a gig. Doesn't matter who you are, unless you're like you know, unless you're living on credit and doing the MTV Cribs kind of yes, pre Instagram marketing stuff. Like you just you needed, you know, if you weren't if you weren't with your band, you needed a regular gig. So kind of like like just I need I'll sweep the floors or whatever, just get me through the door, and then when there's a clerk job, I'll take that, and then when more that when there's a you know. A supervisor job, I'll take that, and then a manager job, and then one day you're just like the director. Well, yeah, because it's it's the hustle. Like you know, you don't you don't know when that money's not gonna come in. So you gotta make you gotta make it you gotta make it when you can. The, the company I came from, wait, the uh, the president that was there for I think the five out of the six years I was employed started in the mailroom. Yeah, well, got to start somewhere. You get to you you get to learn everything about it. And at the end of the day, when there's no one left that knows how everything, every aspect of it works, you're the kind of de facto, right? Yeah. I mean, my corporate, my corporate overlord, the boss started as a field agent, just like the rest of us. So, and now he is the director of two different sites. One, one in Syracuse, one in Florida. So, huh? So when are you moving to Florida? Oh, fuck if well, if I if they have a spot open, I'd be moving down as soon as possible. <laughs> when 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 are when are they coming to their senses and realizing they don't need to build a wall the wall at the border? They need to build a wall around Florida, like fucking <laughs> city from New York. Wait, man, I I thought they were just I thought they were just gonna line the border of Florida and Georgia, just set fires to some bitch and let it float away. Uh, it's, it's I thought that's what they were. It's not the bugs. Actually, let's just let's just build a wall out of all the boa constrictors that they've released into the Everglades. So it's just this rising, the writhing mass of fuck no. No, they got bigger problems than that, dog. There's they've got a uh, because fucking tools thought it would be cute to have like a baby like Nile like like baby Nile crocodiles. Didn't realize how fucking big they got. So instead of euthanizing them, they just put them in the water system. So now they have fucking crocodiles in Florida that are a killing off the alligator population and essentially taking root as an invasive species down there in the Everglades. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we actually, yeah, we may have accidentally released dinosaurs as an invasive species. Yeah, like you thought alligators were bad. Oh, well, watch this. It's fucking alligators on fucking steroids that will <laughs> that are faster. Well, as long as Carol Baskin lives in Florida, nothing's safe anyway. That's true. That's, true. That's a good point. 
<laughs> I really, hope, I really kind, I really kind of hope he gets pardoned before Wednesday. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> oh God, dude! If that's one of his, and his like, they they say like he's got like a hundred pardons to, to to go through tomorrow. I'm, I'm telling you, if it's you know, if he's one of them, if he's one of them, I'm telling you, Tiger King's I, just waiting there, like please, I'm, Trump. I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, as as a, as a as a lapsed practicing magician in any sense, it's just like this is. I gotta say that, like, out of all the all, out of all the fucking like paradigmal experiences that I thought like we were gonna go in the twenty the twenty first century, fucking full on Discordian slash sub genius was not the one, mm. was not on my list. But we are we are. You know, four balls deep, or actually, actually, how much? Four dicks slash. Let's do math real quick. Four dicks. <laughs> Sixteen balls deep. Is this proper ratio? <laughs> yes. Okay, good. Although my shoulder's a little lapsy, so I don't know. I may not be able to get the optimum DF <laughs> ratio on both of them. Um, good night, everybody. Good night. Yeah. Well, with that. Uh, <laughs> We're, we got you over at this point, right, Trace? At least your children hug your pets. Yeah, we're about at, we're about an hour forty right now. About hour forty, which is pretty pretty uh, pretty long for us. Um, but never when we have a good guest. Whenever we have a good guest, you know that they're good because it's always always goes over. Brody, thank you so much for coming, dude. Um, okay, guys, I I appreciate having you on. And yeah. actually, wait, I want to extend to you a chance to be on the radio show. Okay, I uh, I'm game. And, Absolutely. And any of you guys, if you want to be on the show, I do a segment every week, which I have someone pick five songs, uh, and then I have it run through a randomizing program where it picks three songs at random, and I play them as a block. And if any time you guys want to put, put songs in for that, just let me know, and I'll get you guys that'd on be, the show. That'd be pretty sweet. That'd be awesome. I'm game. I got to talk it over with these two, but I can't imagine it would hurt. No, because what I would do is I, I I will what I do is I link the I link the show on the website I do all that so so uh, let's do a last minute uh, plug Brody um, give us you know how they can get to uh, for especially obviously for local listeners the stations they can listen to and the time slots nine to eleven we said but compact compact go ahead and go, <laughs> give me the plug I'll, I'll let you I'll let I'll do it because it, it can be a tongue uh, see. <laughs> um it is nine to eleven every Thursday night on ninety-three point seven and one oh three point three FM, which is Spark Syracuse. It is WSPJ in Syracuse. It can also be found on SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, and compactrockradio.com. And then uh also let's talk about Darkroom. How do we get to tell us how we can we can once again how we can get and, and to listen some to some of the music easiest way you can go to uh darkroom syr.com that links you to our reverb nation page uh we are on spotify search darkroom just look for a big red light bulb um title uh facebook at darkroom syracuse um anywhere pretty much anywhere you can find streaming music sites you'll find us and any other projects or anything like that that you're currently working on or anything that we can look to in the future that you want to maybe plug? Only other thing I would probably say, if you have a chance, and uh, I did mention this earlier, um, uh, Sir, I, Canastota 
um, graduate named Tom Clark has written a book called The Death List. And actually, I suggest you go check that out because I'm actually a character in the book. Very cool. And that's through Stitched, Stitched Smile Productions. Beautiful. Well, again, Brody, I hope that you will come and join us again. I hope uh, hope this was, a, was, was a fun for you, as, as much fun for you as it was for us. Um, oh, guys, any, anytime, anytime you'll have me back, I'll be happy to come back. And anytime you guys want to be on the show, let me know. We'll do likewise. That's awesome. Um, everybody, thank you, you know, to everybody that's listening, all eight of you. We appreciate your, your support. Um, <laughs> give us, uh, you know, any feedback, any questions, comments, anything you'd like to see us talk about. Um, you know, leave a message on the Facebook page. It's probably the best place. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I can do a misdemeanor as long as I have to do big boy time. All right, I gotta do big boy time. They ain't taking me fucking live. So, see, I could actually help with that. <laughs> <laughs> any, any, any crime where I get to at least keep my own clothes during the Correct. period of my incarceration. I ain't taking my fucking shoes off for anybody. So, so that's how that's gonna go. That being said, thanks everybody for listening. Um, and we'll catch you later. Gunner, take us on out of here. Ride snake. Ride snake. Ride the snake. Sword and tail. Ride the snake. Out of night. In the darkness. In the darkness. Unholy darkness. Untold day.